Thank you for inquiring this message. We hope that this prophetic message inspired by the Holy Spirit ministers to you and empowers you in your walk with Christ. Amen. We're going to talk about, I'm going to kind of teach, try to teach today a little bit. Uh, it's titled, No More Holes in Our Armor. Amen. When I was in the Marines, the, the most important thing to us, number one, was knowing who your enemy was, knowing all about your enemy. Number two was your rifle. From the minute you get that rifle, it becomes your, your bed buddy, your bathroom buddy. It goes everywhere you go. And the third thing was the armor that they give you, the different type of uh, bulletproof vest and all the different things that they give you. Those things become your most important things to you so that you can get to know them and you can get to uh, uh, take care of them. Amen. We used to have to uh, take the M16 apart uh, blindfolded and put it back blindfolded. Amen. You have to know your weapons. You have to know your armor. You have to know who your enemy is and what his tactics are. Amen. We would go to a lot of different classes on knowing uh, because the time I went, Vietnam was just over, but they weren't sure if it was going to start again or if it was completely over. Amen. When I signed up in 75. And so they were still trying to teach us the strategies of the Vietnamese. They were still trying to show us what their their uh, their strategic weapons were and and how they would hide. You know, the Vietnamese used to be able to climb up high mount, uh, high uh, trees and high uh, palm trees and high trees and be able to hide up there. And, the, and the, their their strategy and the way they did things, if we didn't know, then then we wouldn't know what to look for. Amen. And it's the same thing spiritually. We have to know the enemy. We have to know his strategies. We have to know what he's up to. We have to know what is available to him and what tactics he'll use and what weapons he'll use, what people he'll use, amen, and uh, different things like that, amen. And so I've titled this, the Lord gave me this, and so I titled it, No More Holes in Our Armor, amen. No more openings, no more, no more flaws in our character, no more uh, uh, flaws or holes into where the enemy can come in, amen. I, I put a definition down there for you for holes. It's an opening. It's a gap. It's an excavated habitation. See, sometimes in our hearts, we, we clean things up, but we never put back something in it. Amen? We excavate it. And so what we do is we leave a big hole there. Amen? It says uh, it also means embarrassing position or predicament. It also means a fault or a flaw. He came in through a hole. Amen? The enemy is looking for that little hole, that, that, that slight flaw in your character, that, that, that slight flaw or hole where he can enter into your family, your finances, your marriage, amen, um, in your life. He's looking for something where he can get in. The enemy can't just come in. He doesn't have that right. He doesn't have that authority. So he has to look for a flaw in your armor. He has to look for a, a flaw in your character. He has to look for a, for a flaw uh, 
in, in the way you do things, in the way you talk, in the way you act, in the way that you carry yourself, in the representation of who we are. Amen. We're supposed to be Christ-like. We, we say all the time that no weapon formed against us will prosper. We, we say all the time, greater is he who is in us than he that's in the world. But yet the enemy, the Bible says that he is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Amen. The Bible says that he came to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. That's his job. That's his strategy is to come in, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Amen. But the only way he can come in with us now, because we've been blood-bought, because we're born again, and we've been filled with the Holy Ghost, the only way now he can come in is, is if you leave an opening. If, you leave a, if there's a flaw in something that he can come in. Amen. He's always looking for an opening. The Bible says that he is the accuser of the brethren. Amen. So he's always looking for something that that hole, that that flaw, that that defect in in, in saying one thing, but doing another. Say amen. Do you know that the devil only knows what comes out of your mouth? He can't read your mind. He don't know what's in your heart. He only knows what comes out of your mouth. And so he looks for a flaw and a defect and a hole to come in that way. Because we're always saying one thing and doing another. Amen? The word, the word flaws here is a feature that mars, that mars or marks the perfection of something. A crack, a flaw means a crack, a break, a breach, a defect. A fault, a defect impairing soundness or validity. Amen? That's so why I give you notes. If you're a student of the Word of God, you'll, you'll study that and you'll look at that and you'll see, look at He's looking for a flaw in your character. Amen? He's looking for a place to get in. Your marriage. Your kids. Your finances. We're going to talk about things that are going to ruffle your feathers. Because there are holes in your armor. Amen. There are holes or defects or flaws in what is supposed to protect us. We're going to go through the armor of God as well. But I want to start off this first series. Let's go to the first scripture. Joshua 5 verse 13. It says when Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and demanded, Are you a friend or a foe? <coughs> Neither one, he replied. He said, I am the commander. Say the commander. commander. Say commander. commander. Every army has a commander. When I was in the Marines, it starts from the commandant to generals, to colonels, to lieutenant colonels, majors, captains, lieutenants, goes all the way down to the little private guy. And it's a chain of command. And in order to win, and in order to not have a flaw in your character, I had to learn when you first go in, you have to realize and understand who's in charge. You have to realize and understand whose orders are you going to follow. The guy that came in with you or the guy with the stripes? 
The guy with the stripes or the guy with all the stars? And it's the first thing that Joshua began to realize here. And I want you to know that is the biggest flaw in the body of Christ right now. They don't know how to follow commands. Say amen. Amen. That is the first hole the enemy comes in in the body of Christ. We listen to each other. We talk about each other, but we don't follow who the commander who is in charge. Say amen. amen. Number one commander, like in the Marines, the commandant, Jesus, the father. Then on down it goes, remember. I never saw the commandant with my own eyes. Five years, I never saw him with my own eyes. I knew who he was. We had to respect who he was, but he never came down to our level. Amen? So I had to follow orders to those who were put above me. Say amen. Now, I want you to get this because that's the biggest problem in the church right now. Is that we don't want to follow orders. We don't, want to, we don't want to listen to who's in command. Say amen. Listen, this is going to help you. I know right now you don't think so, but it's going to help you. Listen to what Joshua said. He said, neither one, he replied, replied I am the commander of whose army? The Lord's army. I am the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground to reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? There it is. If it would be that easy. Pastor, I understand that God has put you in charge. So whatever you need, your servant is at your command. Oh, well, I don't follow man. I don't listen to man. I only listen to God. Isn't that what we do? Joshua could have said the same thing right now. Well, I know you're the commander of the Lord's army, but I don't listen to you. I'm only going to listen to the Lord. Well, who do you think send him? Amen. And I'm sharing this with you because it's the, it's the number one flaw in the church right now. It's the number one hole in our armor. Well, I'm not going to listen to that leader. Well, I don't want to be in that leader's group. I'll be in that leader's group and not that leader's. And rightly said, because leaders have been a bad example. A lot of leaders have, have fallen to many things and done many things and had to be removed or replaced or whatever it may be. And so now the body of Christ is skeptical now on who they should follow, who they should listen to, why should I listen to them, and all these things. But I'm telling you, listen, in this series, we have to understand that it is a hole in our armor. It is a flaw and a defect in not getting all that God has promised us in our lives. Amen? Listen to what he says. The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals. Take off your sandals. Now, I don't know if you know much about sandals, but in those days, everybody wore sandals. Jesus wore sandals. And the type of sandals that they had represented what village or town they were from. So the sandals represented who they were. 
That's why when, they, when, when John the Baptist saw Jesus coming, first thing he said was, is the Lamb of God. And then he said, I'm not worthy, who remembers, to undo his sandals. Because I know where he's from and I know who he is. So sandals represent now who you are. Sandals represent where you come from. Sandals represent your family. could re represent your tribe. It could represent the village you're from. But everybody wore different types of sandals. So remember that. So when he said here, listen, when he said, take off your sandals, he was saying, let go of who you are. Let go of where you come from. Let go of what you represent. Because where you're standing now is holy ground. There's no tribe, there's no this, and I'm from here, and I grew up here, and, and I'm under so-and-so's church, and I belong to this. Jesus said, no, when you come into my presence, take off your sandals, for this place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. Amen? That's why when he told Moses, Moses, where you're, take off your sandals, where you're standing is holy ground. The removal of sandals is letting go of who we are. And what did Joshua do? He followed his command. He followed his command. He followed his command. Say command. Yeah. Amen. Are you still with me? So on your notes, the Lord's commander confronts Joshua and tells him, now Joshua tells them, I am at your command. Amen? Next, next uh, book, Isaiah 59, 13. Are you with me? Vicky's yes, uh, son, uh, Fabian, is getting ready to go to the Marines in a couple weeks. Next week, already, he's graduating and then he's going straight over there. A day or two after or something? Wow. The next day. And I know, and I know Fabian. And he's going to be able to do it. My only help to him would be just do what they tell you. Just do what they tell you. That's it. You know that when I went into the Marines, that's the very first thing you learn. Can you do what I tell you? No? Drop and give me 50. I bet you'll do it next time I tell you. Oh, but I forgot. Good. Drop and give me 50. Why? Because they're trying to get you to follow the commands. Left. Right. Forward. Reverse. They're trying to get you to get all that. But all of us being fresh trying to teach us how to march, you got half going left and you got half going right. And we look like a bunch of clowns out there. But after three weeks, we look better. And then we see guys that are getting ready to graduate go past us. Perfect. Perfect. We're like, man, will we ever make it to that place? All you got to do is follow the commands. Follow the commands. Sir, yes, sir, follow the commands. That's the number one flaw. That's the number one hole in our armor in the body of Christ is that we can't follow commands. 
And so it's very important that we understand that God wants us to follow commands, that God wants us to be obedient to those who has, who has placed over us so that we can get to where we're going, so that we can defeat the enemy. Amen? Are you still with me? He says, in transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. And judgment is turned away backward and justice standeth afar off. This is what's going on right now. Justice is afar off. Judgment has went backward. We're in a nation and a church and people that call good evil and evil good. We have people who think it's okay to do this and okay to do that when it's not. Say amen. amen. It's okay to do this. It's okay to do a little bit of that. God doesn't judge. All these things we come up with, but yet we don't realize what God has commanded us to do. Amen. Say Amen. Now, if you want to be in the Lord's army and you want to rise up to receive all of the benefits that God has for us and all the promises of God, then we've got to put a gap in some of these holes. We've got to put a gap in some of these flaws. We've got to begin now to rise up and be that mighty army of the Lord so that we can accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. That's why we've got to win a nation over. We've got to win a city over. We've got to win neighborhoods over. We've got to win the world over for God, all of us, the church together. But we can't because we we're missing it by not following commands. Amen. And so we're seeing all of these things. We're seeing and judgment is turned away backward and justice standing afar off. For truth is fallen to the streets and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth and he that departed from evil maketh himself a prey. Listen to what he's saying. He says the truth has been failing. Amen? Truth faileth, and he that departed from evil makes himself a prey. Do you know that when you departed from your evil life, you became prey? When you departed from your lifestyle, when you departed from whatever it might be, even just coming to a place and say, you know what, I want to be accountable, I want to join this place, I want to be a part of what God is doing. When you did that, you became prey. All hell begins to break loose. Everything starts to come against you. Doesn't it seem like every time you want to do right, something goes wrong? Every time you want to just kind of make something happen, it looks like the enemy comes in. Because you have become a prey. And so we've got to put a gap in the, in the, in the flaws. We've got to put a gap in the holes. We've got to learn what our armor is all about and know that we are soldiers. And that's why he gave us armor. He gave us the helmet of salvation. He gave us the breastplate of righteousness. Amen. He gave us the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith. Our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel. He's given us the belt of truth. He dressed us for battle. Amen. He dressed us for battle. He gave us every piece of equipment that we would need so that we could come against injustice, so that we could come against all evil, so that we would rise up and be the people that God has called us to be, so that our marriages and our family and our kids and our grandkids, our finances and all these things would be in order. He's given us everything we need. But there's flaws in the armor. There's holes in our equipment. We can quote things, but we're not sure how to use them. It's like carrying a rifle around. I don't know how to use it. 
We had to learn how to take that thing apart, blindfolded, put it back together, blindfolded. We had to make sure it was oiled. We had, we had rifle inspections every week. And you can't say, oh, I uh, can't get up today for inspection. <laughs> we do that all the time. We forget we're, we're in the army of the Lord. We, we forget that, that, that God wants to use us to win the loss, that God wants to use us to save our families, that God wants to use us to defeat the works of the enemy. We forget all that. So, why does it, so what does it say? So truth fails. And he that departs from evil makes himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and he was displeased. It displeased him, and that there was no judgment. You don't think God's not happy right now? God's not happy at times because he's not seen the judgment that should be coming. And you know who's supposed to be bringing judgment? We are by our lifestyles, by the way we live, by the way we conduct ourselves, by calling those things that are not as though they are, by rising up and being the men and women of God that he's called us to be so that we can see signs and wonders and miracles, see little Edward healed and start running around in this place. We can't, though, because there's been holes and flaws in the way we conduct ourselves. There's been holes and flaws in our armor and we don't even know how to use the weapon we hold it and bring it bring it with us every sunday but we really don't know how to use it it's a weapon of our warfare and we need to begin to understand and we need to begin to know this forwards and backwards blindfolded put it together and pull it apart and know what it means because we're an army of the lord and there's an army rising up there's a fresh new army rising up say amen with me next verse and he saw that there was no man. Listen to what he said. He saw the truth was filling. He said the judgment was not being handed out like it should. He saw all these things happening. And then he said, and he saw that there was no man. There was nobody to close up the gap. There was nobody to, to hold himself accountable. There was nobody now that understood the armor of God. There was nobody now that could rise up and close up the gap. He said, and he could find no man. And he wondered that there was no intercessor, nobody to stand in the gap, a lost and dying world, and we're too busy playing church that we can't even intercede and stand in the gap for people that are lost and dying. He says, therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness, it sustained him righteousness if you're a student of the word you look that up in the Greek righteousness it means moral living it doesn't just mean right standing with God it means moral character moral living moral, moral attributes living correctly amen are you still with me notice what he says for he put righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. We're going we're gonna to talk about this armor. He strategically puts one here and he strategically puts another here. He strategically puts one in your hand and the other in your other hand. He strategically makes a way that your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel. He strategically, amen? God strategically, is it getting cold in here? Strategically, say strategically. Strategically. God is a strategic God. He's the Lord of heaven's army. Amen? 
He knows how to make moves on the enemy. He knows how we should carry ourselves. Amen? Notice what he says. For he put on righteousness. Say put on. That's going to be a key word through this whole thing. Put on. Put on. You have to put it on. Put on righteousness. Put on righteousness. Righteousness. Right living. Morally. Amen? Right living. Say right living. Right living. That's another hole. That's another flaw in the characteristic of the churches today. Is right living. Say amen. amen. We, we try to justify our living rather than what is righteousness. What is righteousness? Amen. We have to know what that is. We have to know the characteristic of righteousness. We can't just say I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We have to know what that means. Amen. It's like carrying a rifle around and not knowing how to use it. We have to know. We can't just be Christians only. We have to know what the weapons are. We have to know what the armor is about. Amen. And when Fabian goes to boot camp, he's going to learn all these things. He's going to learn about the armor. He's going to learn about the weapon. He's going to learn how to follow commands. And when he comes back, he's going to be a totally different person. He's going to come back walking straight, standing like this, saying yes, sir, and no, sir, and, and, and very polite, even more polite than he is now, and, and carrying himself in a different way. Amen. You just do, especially in the Marines. You just you learn how to carry yourself in a different way. Amen. And that's how it is with God. When you put on the breastplate of righteousness, you should learn how to carry yourself. You should learn how to talk. You should learn how to act. You should know that others are watching and that we are a witness of Jesus Christ. And if we're going to put on the breastplate of righteousness, then we have to make sure that there are no holes and no flaws in that characteristic of our armor. Amen? The Marines is the only armed forces that when you join, you always, will always be a Marine. Always. Always. Once a Marine, always a Marine. That's their motto. It's the only one of the armed forces that's that way. Are, are, are you listening to me? I'm comparing it with that because I was one. Her son's going in. Amen? But there's there's... there's there's so much that you learn in there that we have to learn as Christians. And that's where the holes are and the flaws are in our armor. The first piece of armor that we're looking at right now is the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness covers your whole torso. Front, back, and your whole torso. The breastplate of righteousness. Amen? When you get a medal, if somebody gives you a medal, where do they pin it? On your chest. Because your chest represents everything. You're supposed to walk with your chest out, your head up. As Christians, it becomes the breastplate. It becomes a, a coat of armor. It becomes that, that, that representation that I have a, a right life now. That I'm no longer who I used to be. But now I walk in righteousness. Not perfect, but righteousness. Right living. Right morals. I have right standing now with God. Because I've put on. Say put on. Put on. 
Notice what he says. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate. He put on righteousness as a breastplate. We have to understand that there cannot be any flaws or holes in the breastplate. There cannot be any defects. There cannot be any gaps. There cannot be any embarrassing positions or predicaments that we put ourselves in anymore because you represent now righteousness. Say amen. Now, if I was to be, let's just say I went to another city somewhere and I decided I'm going to pull over and have a beer and smoke a cigarette. And somebody drives by that happens to know me. What's the first thing they say? Isn't that pastor so-and-so? Why? Because now you, or, or isn't that sister so-and-so? Amen? See, you never, know. you never know. And we represent now. Now, doing what we're not supposed to be doing now represents a flaw or a defect in our armor. Amen? So he said, put on righteousness as a breastplate. Put on righteousness. Put it on. Put on righteousness, put on right living, put on moral living, put on right standards, put on that characteristic that you represent Jesus Christ. Amen. Everywhere, if Abian goes now, he represents the Marine Corps. That haircut alone represents the Marine Corps. That uniform represents, that breastplate you wear represents, that that title that you say you're a Christian represent, that, 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 that church that you go to, you represent, that Bible that you carry, you represent, that breastplate of righteousness represents who we are. It has put us in right standing with God. It is pulling me out of the miry clay. It's delivered me from sin and drugs and alcohol and everything else and put me into a different position where I put on righteousness now. I put on right living now. Say amen. amen. He says, and a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. Listen, he got, he got dressed up, man. He got dressed up. He put some things on to represent. Amen. And when we put on the armor of God, we have to represent. Amen? And people know you're a Christian. People know you go to church. People know you've been having problems, though. People know you've been going through things. We need to, when we put on the armor of God, we need to get out of the place and say, oh, well, you know, we're not perfect. Amen? Because it's true, we're not perfect. But once you represent... It's like putting on that Marine uniform and going out and acting a fool. You're representing. They'll say, look at that Marine. Amen? 
I remember the first time I, I got arrested and went to the county jail and they saw my tattoos that said Marines, the deputies would, would mess with me. They say, you know, that's a, you're, 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 you're a bad example to the Marine Corps. And then this big old deputy would lift up his shirt so tight that I could barely lift it. <laughs> he showed me his Marine Corps tattoo and he said, you're an embarrassment to the Corps. And it, it always stuck with me. Because once a Marine, always a Marine. You represent. And it's the same thing with the Christian. When you put on that breastplate of righteousness and that helmet of salvation, you represent now. You represent the Most High God. You represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You tell people by putting that armor on that you are the child of the Most High. When you put that armor on, you're telling people that once you were lost, but now you're found. Amen? When you put that armor on, that's why he said he put on the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation, and he clad himself with, the, with vengeance. Amen? We represent. And you know how people are. The first thing they say is to you is, oh, don't you go to church? Oh, aren't you, aren't you supposed to this or don't you believe this? Amen? That's the first thing they want to do. So what is that? It's a hole. It's a flaw in our character. And they found a hole, and they said, see, all Christians are like that. You can't trust them. They're fake. They're phony. It's not true, but when they see a flaw in your armor, when they see a hole in your armor, and they begin to attack it, it begins to now put a label on everybody. Are you listening to me? So we have to put a gap in those. We have to close the gap in our armor. We have to close the gap in the flaws in our character as Christians and represent Christ like we're supposed to. Amen? Following the commands of the commander of the heaven's army. To standing up to evil. Standing up against injustice. Amen? Calling those things that are not as though they are. Laying hands on the sick. Casting out devils. That's what we represent. We've been given a name that is above every other name. And we're not operating in it because we've, we have had flaws in our character. We have had, had holes in our armor. And we're not where we're supposed to be. But God is raising up an army. Coming up out of the ashes of despair. And God is healing them and delivering them. And breathing a fresh breath of fresh oil in them. To cause us now again to walk righteously. Amen? He says here, according to their deeds, accordingly... He will repay fury to his adversary, recompense to his enemies and to the islands. He will he will repay recompense. He's on our side. He's waiting for us to make a move so so that he can recompense so that he can come against our adversaries. Amen. Say amen with me. He says, so so, so shall they fear the name of the Lord. You know that they should fear the name of the enemy, should fear the name of the Lord? When people see you coming, they should want to put that cigarette out and throw that beer away. Are you listening to me? They should fear the Lord that's in you. Because you got your uniform on. You're representing. You got your helmet of salvation. You got the breastplate of righteousness. And you're speaking the word of God with the sword of the Spirit. You're not judging. You're not putting down. You're not criticizing, but you're speaking the word. And you're holding up a shield of faith. 
And your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you're representing. And what happens? Recompense comes upon your adversaries. Judgment comes right away. Say amen. amen. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Man, that's a good God. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. How many of you know God is on our side? He's not against us, He's for us. He's looking for us to put some gaps in that armor, to, to, to close up the gap, close up the breaches, amen, in the flaws and everything in our character, because we represent... That helmet of salvation represents the breastplate of righteousness stands for many things. Amen. The sword of the spirit, the shield of faith. My God, when you stand in that armor and that uniform, people should see you and they should fear God. They should fear God. Amen. I love sneaking up on people. Hey, pastor, how are you? <laughs> going on hey not too much brother hey I, i'm not here to judge i know but because you represent not that you're god but you represent god and they see it in you they see it in your lifestyle they see it in your characteristic they see who you are they don't hear who you are they see who you are they see it he said, as for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed's seed, saith the Lord. Is Moses here today? Her son's on fire, man. Why? Because it goes from the seed to the seed. Look at Jimmy up there now, from the seed to the seed, to the next seed. Anale up here worshiping now, going from seed to seed to seed to seed, because we represent. Amen? Our kids are going to be on fire. They're going to get excited for the things of God. Little Edward will be up there dancing pretty soon. Amen? Because we're representing. Not... Being trying to be better than everybody else, but representing what we have. Amen. The breastplate, the helmet. Say amen with me. Amen. He said, this is all more urgent. Listen, we're going to end with this. This is all more urgent. For you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up. For our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. And the day of salvation will soon be here. So remove, remove, say remove. Remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes. And here it is again. And put on. Remove one thing and put on another. Remove one thing and put on another. Say amen. amen. 
remove one thing and put on another. He's telling us the days are short. Wake up. Our salvation is closer than it's ever been. Remove your clothing of dirty deeds and put on. Say put on. Ooh, say put on. Put on the shining armor of what? Right living. Right living. Righteousness. Righteousness. Say righteousness. Because we belong to the day, we must live what? Decent lives for what? Listen to what he's telling us. Put on that armor. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Why? So that all can see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness. Oh, Pastor, does that mean we can't go to parties? Hey, that's on you. I'm just reading the scriptures. But if I was you, I'd close up some gaps. I'd close the breach. Plug up the hole. Say amen. amen. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. You see, quarreling and jealousy is in the same sentence as parties, promiscuity, drunkenness, so quarreling and gossiping and arguing with one another is just as bad? Yes, it is. Are you listening to me? Instead, look what he says. Clothe yourself. Clothe yourself. Put on the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. You know why he says that? Because all of us have those thoughts. All of us can be tempted. Amen? But clothe yourself. He says, instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge. Powerful word there. Indulge. Whose evil desires? Yours. Yours. Your own. Your own. Amen? The thought comes to you. Don't blame anybody else. The thought comes to you. Even if they're dragging you to a party. It's your, it's your thought. You know what? I'm going to go. I better not. Why? You don't have to drink. Why? You don't have to do this. Why? You don't have to do that. Think about it. Don't indulge. Say amen. I'm just helping you. You can do whatever you want. It's your business. You're the one that has to stand before God. But this is what his word says. It puts a, it puts a, a, a cap in the, in, in the gap. It plugs up the flaws in our characteristics, in our character. Amen? The defects. Putting ourselves in, what did it say? One of the uh, definitions were, in an embarrassing position or predicament. Amen? Let's go to the next one. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. 
Be strong in the Lord. We're going to just read this real quick, but we're going to get into each piece of armor and what it represents. Amen? Because we need to know what it represents and why strategically he didn't make the breastplate salvation and the helmet righteousness. That would have been my thought. Make the helmet righteousness and the breastplate salvation. But God strategically did what he did. And when we understand what he did and why he did it, you'll know now about the armor. Say amen. He said, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord, be empowered through your union with him, draw your strength from him, that strength which he, his boundless might provides. Say amen. amen. Put on God's whole armor. Notice what he said. We're going to look at that and notice what he says. Put on the, the whole armor. Not just know the word. I know a whole lot of people that know the word but can't walk righteously. That's why he said, put on the whole armor. Don't, don't just know the word. Oh, I know how to swing this sword. Yeah, you memorize so many scriptures, man. You, said, you even sound holy. But you cuss and drink and lie and cheat and everything else. Woo, but you can spit them scriptures out. That's why he said, put on the whole armor. The armor of a heavy armed soldier which God supplied, that you may be able successfully to stand up against all the what? All the strategies of who? Listen, listen, the devil has a strategy, man. He has a strategy. He don't just come at you. He strategically comes at you for a reason. Amen? He strategizes on how he can get you. He strategizes on who or what he can attack to bring you down. If he can't get at you, he'll get you another way. But he'll strategically come after something that's dear to you to get you down. Say amen. He's strategic in what he does. And it tells us that to watch out for the strategies and the deceits of the devil. Watch out. Be alert. Be aware. Be ready. Because he's not playing. He goes around seeking whom he may devour. He's comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's not playing with us. He's not playing with your family. He's not playing with your marriage. He's not playing with your kids. He's not playing. All he's looking for is a gap to come in so he can come in and rob us. Close the gap. Close the breach. Get your character to where it needs to be so that the enemy can come nothing against you now. Amen. Say amen. amen. Remember when the devil came to God and he wanted Job? The devil came to God and he says, I want Job. His kids are a mess. All they do is party. They're all messed up, the whole family. He doesn't put his kids in check. They're living wild lives. So give me Job. I want Job. Let me know the story. And he told the devil, I'll tell you what. Job is an upright man. Job is righteous in all his ways. 
in all his ways. He loves me with all of his heart. He would never say any bad thing about me. You know what the devil told God? I bet if you touch his life, though, he'll curse you to your face. And God says, okay, I'll tell you what. Do whatever you want to him, except don't take his life. So the devil went and did all that he could. You know that he killed Job's kids? He attacked his marriage. Took all his cattle. Took all his wealth. Left him under a sycamore tree. Scraping boils off of him. So bad that his wife even went up to Job and said, What are you, stupid? Can't you see what God is doing to you? Curse God to his face. And Job said, No matter what he does to me, I will never curse God. So to the very end, Job lived righteously. To the very end, he stood up strong to represent. And guess what? The end of the story, because of his righteousness, God gave him everything plus a hundredfold back. Job was one of the richest men in the Bible. All the cattle that the enemy had taken, God gave him double. Amen? Because when you stand for righteousness, God will reward you. Every promise and every blessing that he has promised you. Amen? Because if we look back right now, everything the devil stole from us was because of my unrighteousness. Everything that the enemy stole from me financially, houses, cars, everything was because of unrighteousness. But now that we stand in a place of righteousness, the only thing he can try to do now is attack our kids. When he tries to attack our marriage, we stand up together and we come against him. Now he's trying for our grandkids. But when you close the gap, Close the breach. Represent. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? Because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Contending with only with physical opponents, but against powers, principalities, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness, and high places. All these other things spiritually. Because we have become prey now. The devil wants you bad. Amen? So let's close up the gaps. Let's close up the breach. And let's not let the enemy in. Let's not give him a space. Because you know the devil, you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. Let's close the door all the way. Completely. In every part of our life. Amen? Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message. We pray that you are encouraged and empowered by the Holy Spirit to continue your walk with Christ. Again, thank you for your continued support to this ministry. We look forward to seeing you in one of our next services, either Fridays at 7 p.m. or Sundays at 11 a.m. Thank you, and God bless you.